somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight on That Kevin Show, New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, talk radio superstar Mike Gallagher, the CEO of Newsmax Inc., Christopher Ruddy, author Kimberly Ells, and Grammy nominee... Phil Wickham. We'll also play Kev's White House Hotline. Now live from the underbelly of the Times Square subway station, where the rats outnumber the thugs, and that doesn't include the politicians, here's that Kevin. It's true. If you if you add the politicians, if you if you add the politicians to the number of rats that are in the subway, you end up with um, such a ratio that they city hall couldn't handle it. So they they asked us not to do that anymore. Uh, now it's just the rats that steal your pizza slices that are outnumbering the thugs. Uh, but uh, they all outnumber the police, and we all wish there were just more of them uh, in the underbelly of Times Square and every subway station throughout the uh, greatest city on planet Earth, New York City. Welcome. It's uh, so glad to have you with us. And I don't know if you've been fully satisfied. You know the Chinese launched um, a a spy satellite balloon over our airspace this week, and evidently we've known about this for a little while. Their judgment is way off and their assumptions are off. Number one, I believe they believe they thought this probably wouldn't become a matter of public consumption, which it has because people saw and witnessed the balloon up and began to question it. And number two, their analysis is really misguided. The, the, the analysis should have been that we cannot permit an adversary nation to violate U.S. airspace and therefore our sovereignty. That has got to be the conclusion and the guidance the national security team should have come up with and the Pentagon participating in this. I want it shot down, but do it safely. But the decision is we shoot it down and we do it safely. And it's a national embarrassment to have this device transiting the, United, the swath of the United States and not seeing the third issue, the geopolitical implications, Neil. This weakens us, not just with our adversaries, but also with our allies. Can you imagine what President Tsai is thinking? She's had people whispering in her ear, we're going to be there for you if China does anything. And here China violates our own airspace and we do nothing. General Jack Keane, often seen on Kevin McCullough Radio during the week uh, and uh, talking to Neil Cavuto on Fox News earlier today, uh, describing the real embarrassment that this is. China, one of our biggest adversaries, has an actual spy balloon floating over our sensitive areas. So, of course, of course, right, the Department of Defense, of course, they're going to handle this 
with great care and great responsibility, right? Is the, is the position of the balloon classified? Uh, Phil, right now, uh, what we're not going to do is get into a hour-by-hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. Uh, I, as I mentioned right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. But I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a right to know? The, uh, the public certainly has the ability to look up in the sky and, and see where the balloon is. Look up in the sky and see where the balloon is. That's how much right we have to know that the Chinese are flying spy balloons over our houses. That, that, that's how much right you and I have. That's how much we actually rank in merit with the bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. What? The White House hotline? Oh, I'm being told I have to check the voicemail. Stand by. Uh, hey, Kev, it's Senator Joe Biden the from Delaware. I seem to have misplaced my balloon. I was wondering if you had found it. Nope. Hey, Kev, it's Donald. Are you kidding me? That balloon is the size of three school buses. How does an imbecile lose that? Kev, I don't know what I was thinking in having him as my VP. It's Barack. I don't know how you lose a balloon. Sorry to bother you. Hey, Kev, it's Senator Biden oh, again. I think president. that President Harris and I now found the balloon. It's somewhere over our nuclear secrets air base in the Midwest. Place for it. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Donald again. Are you kidding me? Hey, Kev, W. What, what do you call a Biden who loses his balloon? Call me back. Hey, Kev, it's Bill. <laughs> uh, I could show you a thing or two to do with a balloon. William Jefferson. You better put that phone down. Nope, wait, I got it, Kev. It's a balloon buffoonery. <laughs> this wouldn't be happening if 45 was still there. That. Kev, it's Senator Biden one more time. Yes, President Harris and I have lost it again. Oh, well. Hey, has anybody seen my rum raisin? Good question. The president's often in need of his ice cream, especially when there are spy satellites from our biggest adversary flying over our country. General Jack Keane had some additional thoughts. Well, we probably have a pretty good feel for that, given all the electronic means and eavesdroppings that we have uh, in the United States at our disposal, highly classified, but to make your eyes water, you know, what we can do here. So I got, mm. I think we have a, probably a pretty good sense of all of that. Whether we have to actually go through the hardware is another issue. The most important thing is to, one, stop it from continuing to do what it's doing, and we have failed miserably at doing that, and now it, we, we've let ourselves to a major national security issue in front of the entire world, which All simply right. should have been avoided. Wow. I have a lot of respect for General Keene and uh, his assessment of how bad this is. And, you know, to know that we have NORAD, which is the entire North America air defense system, it's it's designed uh, for us to, uh, any time around the world, a missile or something is launched to be able to immediately see it, identify it, uh, and try to do all we can to uh, to to stop it, especially if it's missiles or or airplanes coming into our airspace and being in some way a violation of our sovereignty. And that's the that's the that's the goal of why NORAD exists. Well, what wh wh why are we just? We know that there is reconnaissance uh, 
electronics on this balloon. We know that it's been flying over those air bases that have our nuclear secrets. What on earth is a good enough reason for it to still be in the air? Why hasn't it been shot down? You can call your congressman, by the way, and raise all kinds of cane with them about this, 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. But all joking aside, this isn't really very funny. We have China spying on us and trying to embarrass us directly in front of Secretary Blinken's visit next week. And they do this. They like to just, like, rub our noses in it uh, when, when, they see it uh, when they see it happening. But what's the big uh, DOJ response? What, what, what's their big profound uh, comeback when asked if the people have the right to know? Uh, the, the public certainly has the ability to look up in the sky and, and see where the balloon is. That's all we get to know? I would insert some sort of joke about him being an Air Force general instead of a Navy admiral because, I don't know, sometimes it's just funny that the Air Force guys just don't seem to have it quite as together as the Navy guys do. But what on earth are they doing? And why on earth would they say, uh, well, that's what the public can know. Just look up in the sky. If you see it, you see it. That's, that's what you have the right to know. The, the Chinese are spying on us tonight. And it's been over our airspace for about a week. And I think what General Keene said earlier in the segment is true. I think that uh, they kind of thought this was never even going to come up. And if they do, the American people don't need to know. They won't know until some people started figuring out that this huge thing, the size of three school buses, shouldn't have been there. So anyway, that's it. Uh, well, hey, listen, we've got a great show straight ahead for you. Uh, we have got um, the talk radio superstar, Mike Gallagher, is going to be with us. We're going to go behind the scenes with his career a little bit. And a little bit later... Uh, we're going to talk with the author, Kimberly Ells. She's in favor of the invincible family. You're going to have to be invincible if uh, Chinese spy satellites keep uh, picking up all of our info. And uh, a little bit later on, he has been nominated for not one but two Grammys for the very first time. And he joins us in person. Phil Wickham, our artist in the New Music Spotlight tonight and making a personal appearance. We're looking forward to all of that and more. It is That Kevin Show. Coming right back from New York. I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Cam. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some, too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. All right. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us uh, here on Saturday night. The uh, That Kevin Show is the best we could come up with on short notice. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out some point in time. We will get... A full name for the show. But until then, that Kevin show it is. And we are glad to welcome you to episode three of the brand new uh, weekend lineup here at Salem News Channel and elsewhere, 300 radio stations as well. I'm always glad to talk with the people that serve at the people's pleasure in Washington, D.C., because I feel like they have a bit of perspective that sometimes the more insulated 
officials and representatives don't always have. And that's why the House of Representatives is so important. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Congresswoman, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be on. Uh, we're talking uh, all about the new Congress, and since uh, speakership has changed from Pelosi to McCarthy, for you, for someone who is in the trenches working hard for the people that you represent, what is the biggest difference as we sit here right now? Well, first of all, Nancy Pelosi had a record of abusing power, not just exercising extreme power, uh, but she took advantage of every uh, everything she could in terms of getting her the Democrats to vote in lockstep for her far left agenda, whether she agreed with it or not, she got them to vote that way. But it reminded me a lot of my days in the New York State Assembly where minority members like Republicans were given absolutely no opportunity uh, to have bills on the floor to express themselves. And I think you saw a lot of these new rules uh, that were negotiated actually even before the speaker, the week-long speaker challenge. But uh, there were some nuances that were added, and that's why you saw this prolonged battle. But I think in the end, it was a very good thing for the American people to see uh, what happens in our country, what a constitutional republic looks like, what free speech looks like, and why it's important to continue to have conversations and not have a, uh, the, a dictatorship type of leadership that Nancy Pelosi brought. So Kevin McCarthy is actually... Uh, accepted those rules. We voted on the rules. Uh, obviously, the majority of Republicans supported them. And those rules are important because they empower every single member of the House, which and every single member of the House represents a district roughly the same size. And that's essential to self-governance, which is the opposite of authoritarianism, communist rule, the type of government that Nancy Pelosi ran and the type of government that so many Democrats have either been forced to accept or or advance unwittingly or some quite wittingly, I might add. Yeah. And I lived in a communist country, so I know the difference. Well, and um, we could talk about that at some length, but let me <laughs> let me cut to the quick here. We're dealing with um, issues in in kind of a polar opposite way than they've been dealt with in the last two years. Um, and Mr. McCarthy has made some big changes. He came right in, right, right to the fore and said, people are not going to sit on committees that they're not qualified for, or that they couldn't even pass a, a, a security clearance test for. Um, and he's, he's riled some people up, but I, uh, to your point, I think the American people appreciate that. What's your, what's your read on that? Look, I think the people want to see this. They want to also be able to see in action. Now we, you know, we've had C-SPAN for years. But nobody's really watched it because it doesn't seem to be that exciting because you didn't get to see what you got to see uh, on live TV into the late into the uh, hours of the night. And uh, but I think it's really good that Kevin has taken a stand on two people who serve on a critically important committee. This isn't like any other committee in in Congress. The Intelligence Committee is very important because members on that committee are entrusted to secrets of the United States of America. They're a special group of people that need to meet security clearances, that aren't going to be leaking documents, that aren't going to be lying to the American people, that aren't going to be having relationships, whether they did or not, or to what extent we don't know, with our enemies, uh, you know, Chinese spies, as with, in the case of Eric Swalwell, or people like, uh, you know, Adam Schiff, who knew he was lying to the American people, but did it repeatedly. He knew that the Russia collusion hoax was fake. He knew that Perkins Coey had paid uh, Christopher Steele to create this dossier to work against Donald Trump to try to 
remove the sitting president of the United States yeah. with a surreptitious plan that we and he still served on the committee. So I think Kevin is, is right to make sure that they aren't reappointed to that committee because neither one of them does deserve it because they don't they don't have the requisite integrity to handle these secrets and the important trust of the American people on those committees. Let's talk about the actual day job. You guys are going to be facing a lot of issues. And issue number one is uh, the border and the national security component of what that means to us and how it's impacting, you know, Joe Biden argues just border states. Uh, you say every state is a border state now. Um, what is what is the priority, how you go about doing it, and can you get uh, Democrats to join the cause? Well, every state is a border state, but New York is, in fact, a border state. We have the northern border, and my district goes all the way almost almost to that northern border where we have a, you know, a Native American reservation there uh, that's run by the state troopers and run by uh, the uh, governor of New York, who I don't feel like is a trustworthy person, or at least he's certainly not competent, which he's proved over and over again. But then this issue with the southern border could very easily be replayed in our northern border. But it's the sovereignty of the United States, regardless of which border we're talking about, and what we're seeing at the border being controlled by cartels who are using human trafficking, drug trafficking to destroy this country. We just saw astronomical numbers coming out since the Biden administration, 4.5 million across the border and over a million gotaways at this point. People we have no idea who they are. And to say they're coming from the, you know, the southern or the, the northern triangle uh, countries because they're seeking asylum. It's a very naive and false claim made by Democrats and our so-called borders are uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president. We know that people are coming from as many as 130 countries, and they're taking advantage of Americans, bringing deadly fentanyl, bringing crimes into our communities. They've arrested so many on sex crimes, rape, all these things happening to young children. It is a disaster at the border, and it's, and it's costing the American people not just our security and our safety and our sovereignty, but it's actually costing the taxpayers billions of dollars to mm. deal with these people uh, to move them around. Many of them have ended up in upstate New York. We saw the, the secret flights into Westchester. Now we have this small little hamlet of Jamestown, New York, where uh, a number of illegal immigrants have been spotted and identified. And, and uh, these, co these communities cannot handle this influx. You saw Eric Adams complain about 2,000 immigrants. Imagine 4.5 million coming across your border. He's actually recognized it and calling on the Biden administration, Eric Adams being the mayor of New York City, calling on the Biden administration to do something about this. And the only leverage we really have right now is through our power of the purse, a unique power that is given to the House of Representatives only, not to the Senate. But unfortunately, we're kind of in a bind between now and the end of the budget year in September because a bunch of Republicans on the Senate side decided to, uh, instead of letting us negotiate the debt ceiling and these important appropriations uh, measures that we have, Instead of letting this Green New Deal go through with this appropriations bill and this new uh, trillion dollar uh, omnibus bill, along with the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan put through by Joe Biden, we have to wait till September to really have that leverage in the power of the purse. Eight, we have hearings. We bring these people before them. We expose the scandals with Hunter Biden and all the scandals we've seen in the past. I'm going to yeah. be on the Oversight Committee and the House uh, Ways and Means Committee, and we're going to be definitely going after the IRS and seeing uh, the way that they've been uh, lying to the American people as well. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York, we appreciate your efforts. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Great to be on, Kevin. You got it. Stick around for more of That Kevin.
Kevin McCullough. My next guest is someone that, uh, well, if you watch the Salem News Channel, you don't really have any need to be introduced to him because I think he's got the most amount of airtime that they've given to anybody on the channel. Three hours a day, uh, drive time on the West Coast, uh, still, you know, mid-morning on the East Coast, and he's 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 making your, your morning fun. Uh, he, he calls himself a happy warrior. Uh, it's an odd construct when you think about warrior and happy but that's i once you get to know him a little bit i think i think that uh, it fits and he happens to have a lot of interests that we don't ever get to talk about so i thought it would be great to welcome uh the broadway aficionado known as mike gallagher to the broadcast hello michael Hello, Kevin. Happy Saturday night, and congratulations on uh, that Kevin show on the Salem News Channel. Very cool. We we worked. Uh, Eric Hastings and I stayed up months trying to come up with this name, and I think we nailed it. I think we've. I'm telling you what. On. You you can't you can't get one past you guys. I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you what. This is good stuff. No, I mean you're you are truly one of uh, America's treasures when it comes to broadcast uh, excellence. And so uh, everybody's excited about your, your show here on the Salem News Channel, and I'm thrilled to get to spend a few minutes with you here, uh, joining you for my uh, my Tampa, Florida retreat. Yeah, no, it's uh, it looks like you're having a lovely um, uh, uh, time there, and you know people hear you and see you on the channel every day, and you're you're fighting the fight, and you're you're going toe to toe with the biggest issues of the day and the breaking news as it happens, which is what we specialize in here. Um, but you also seem to, in, on almost a daily basis, and I know because I'm an addictive listener, I, I'm kind of trapped between my car <laughs> and AM 970. And then when I get to the uh, studio, all the all the monitors are set on Salem News Channel. Um, you're, you're just in my life all the time. Um, but you always find a way to uh, bring uh, some funny stuff and your crew that you're interacting with now on a regular basis. If people are missing the top of the hour uh, cutaways that are just seen on Salem News Channel. You need to go over there and see this. You've got a, an enormous staff, and you guys are having a lot of fun. Well, it's fun to get them in, kind of, we call it the round table, where I get Eric, who's, and, and our crew is spread out all over the country. Eric and Yuri are down the hall from you in our New York City studios. Tracy, my phone screener, is with me in Tampa Bay. Derek is in his parents' basement in his boxers, uh, producing the show on Long Island. So we're all sort of spread out. But they're they're all four of them are really smart, insightful conservatives. And so it's fun to kind of get the perspective of like a Gen Z or and a Gen Xer and, you know, somebody of a certain age, uh, Tracy, who's our, our age, Kevin. Um, and, and Eric, of course, is older than Methuselah. So to have all of them together and get their perspective, it's it's been a lot of fun. And it's been joyful to watch the uh, the genesis of the Salem News Channel. You know, uh, we started out with uh, the, the, the Salem Radio Network products, you know, Hewitt and Gallagher and Prager and Gorka. I think it was just Metaxas. you and Metaxas at first. I think it was right, only you. your two shows to begin with. And it's been real fun to watch it build and grow. They keep adding 
uh, really smart people who you work with on a regular basis, behind the scenes people who are creating the graphics and the video and the music. And, and it's fun to watch it because this yeah. is something that came out of nothing, came out of nowhere. And now uh, we're, we're slowly but surely becoming a real player in this space. So it's been, it's been a real privilege to be a part of it. Well, Phil Boyce is the uh, kind of the genesis of the Salem News Channel, and I know that he's played an enormous role in your life, uh, along with um, a handful of other broadcasters that are also known by one name. I mean, there's Gallagher, there's Rush, there's Sean, there's Mark, and um, Phil had a hand with all you guys early on. In fact, um, I think you guys were at a, a competing New York radio station at one point in time before Salem was even in the market. Well, Phil is one of those guys that that gives you, and I know you feel the same way about him. We're we're both profoundly grateful to have him in our life. I mean, he yeah. he is a guy that is revered as one of the talk radio uh, masters uh, of our business, and and now expanding his duties uh, with the Salem News Channel with our podcast network. You know, Salem did a great thing when they hired him a number of years ago away from, uh, you know, when he was at WABC. And of course, that's where I worked with him was at ABC in New York. And so we've sort of come full circle because when I was at WABC, boy, there were big struggles. Uh, you know, they had blown up the station. They let go of Bob Grant, one of the great legends of talk radio. I was actually brought in to replace him. Tom Likas warned me, you know, Tom Likas is one of those acerbic yeah. shock jocks on the uh, in LA, but he he's a student of talk radio. And Tom said, whatever you do, do not be the guy to replace Bob Grant. Don't do it. <laughs> so uh, it, it was uh, it was all downhill from there. But now here we are all working together again. Yeah. We, we have a great we have a great time. He's Mike Gallagher. I'm Kevin McCullough. We're coming right back. That Kevin show. Ready or not. He'll be right back. That Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. And we're back. Uh, so glad to have a colleague and someone who I really admire in the industry uh, for his longevity. He has long been the most syndicated voice for the Salem Media Group uh, in all of talk radio. They have a, an all-star uh, corral of uh, talent, and yet Mike has had the top billing show and the highest rated show for just about every year, I believe he's been with uh, Salem Media. And sometimes that gets under the skin of a Hugh Hewitt or <laughs> Seb Gorka or somebody. But you know what? Mike's the little engine that can. And that's Mike. If I was if I was to uh, to 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 describe you, and, and I, I've always had this vision of writing a book about the the industry, the history of the industry, and kind of the big players that that played a role in advancing it to the next level. And you are certainly among those that need to be uh, profiled in that work. But yours is really a story of a kid that loved radio and came up through the ranks, uh, kind of the old-fashioned way. You know, now, Brandon Tatum and Charlie Kirk and these guys, you know, they get a few followers on Instagram, and the next thing you know, David Santrell is calling Phil Boyce and saying, let's get those guys a radio show. Um, the slubs like you and me that, like, you know, did internships and got coffee right. at four in the morning and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yep. you've really walked the walk. But what do you make of the industry that you have been part of for all of these years? And what do you like and maybe what do you not like about where it is right now? 
Well, first of all, let me just continue the Mutual Admiration Society for a minute, because getting high praise from, from somebody like Kevin McCullough is a very big deal to somebody like me, because well, I have enormous admiration for, for your skills, for the kind of uh, presence you are, uh, both on and off the air. And uh, so, honestly, you, you I don't say it enough, but I hope you know how... How, how much I am moved by your kind words over the years. You've been a big supporter of my career and of me over the years, and it yeah. means a lot to me coming from somebody you like it. you. You you need to know that. Um, and yeah, I'm you know you and I are are, are historically radio guys since I, I'm a I'm a kid listening to Larry King on the Mutual Broadcasting System overnight, hiding under the blankets so my mom didn't hear the radio, and then getting my first job in Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, when I was a 17 year old kid in 1978. So I go back to 1978 as a broadcaster and have been uh, pretty much nonstop ever since. It is fascinating to watch our business expand and morph into Salem News Channel and podcasting and streaming and also coexist with hundreds of radio stations all over the country. The spoken word is the spoken word, Kevin. And, uh, you know, I don't care how many new technological advances they make. If you don't if you don't deliver a good on-air product, it isn't going to matter. So, yep. you, you know, it's but it's good to have that sort of foundation uh, back in the day when we were just sitting there in a little dingy studio in front of six little blinking lights trying to get people to call us. Um, <laughs> it's uh, we've come kind of a long way, I think. Yeah. Uh, but 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 now we're sort of everywhere where we want to be ubiquitous. We want to be wherever the ears and the eyes are. And Salem News Channel and a show like that, Kevin Show, is a perfect example well, of where this industry is gone. King, right? So it's your content; it hasn't changed. You're still doing the same stuff you've done, but now you're inviting TV viewers and podcast listeners on their own schedule, along with people that are in their cars traveling and kind of captive by the time and place that they're in. Um, and and that's I've thought for a long time this is where media was headed, and we're, it's fun to see. It's fun to see the work that visionaries are allowing us to to try our hand yeah. at now and I'm I'm grateful for all of that. We're the ultimate we're the last great neighborhood. You remember the movie Talk Radio? The big yes. poster for that movie was the last great neighborhood. We're the last neighborhood. We're the last we're still we're leaning over the white picket fence and, and jawboning issues together. That's, and that's what we do. We just do it a little bit more sophisticated now. A little high tech, and it's the first thing that people ask when you go to dinner parties. I mean, right. you know, right. Kev, what do you think about this? Mike, right. did, what's right. Biden doing with the documents? Like that's, you can't get away from it. And nope. that's, they're so addicted to it, even in their personal time. Hey, there's exactly. a lot more to you though than this. And I want to ask about that for the time that we have left. Um, you have a big love and passion and support for Broadway and musical theater. Um, you have lived a life that, um, not to extend the mutual admiration society, but you've been through some tough stuff and I've watched how um, that has shaped you and how you've responded to that. Um, and there's a lot about Mike Gallagher that I don't think your listeners ever get to see. Who are you away from the microphone? Well, my wife and I, I know you're alluding to the loss of my Denise, and uh, she and I were, were fellow theater lovers. She and I were happiest in a Broadway theater listening to an overture in Road D on the aisle. Uh, and uh, I lost her uh, 13 years ago now to cancer. I miss her still every day. Think of her always. Uh, and when I go to a show, I'm thinking of my Denise a lot of times. I love theater. I think the arts have, uh, for too long, the arts have been sort of owned by the left. 
by progressives. And that isn't fair and it isn't even true. There's a lot of conservatives who work in, in movies and television and theater. Uh, they're just not very they're just not very loud about it. Um, I've been an equity actor. I've gotten to play a number of roles over the years. But my real love is, is just going to a show. I mean, to me, uh, sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in a dark theater, watching uh, over on 44th or 45th Street, uh, some, some latest production is just euphoria. I got to invest in a musical called Kip Pippin, which won a Tony Award. I have a Tony Award sitting over here on my mantle, nice. which I'm really proud of. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and, and so, who, you know, only in America does a, a kid from Ohio get to uh, have a Tony Award in, a, in an industry that he really loves. I just appreciate the arts. I always have. It's my outlet. Um, I'm, as you know, I'm a, you and I are fellow Cowboys fans. Uh, I, I've got a healthy love for sports, but I really do appreciate the arts and especially theater. To me, it's where there's no politics, no bickering, no arguing, just a love <laughs> and an appreciation of lights. And of course, in New York, it's the best of everything. Broadway, it doesn't get any better than Broadway. Uh, and so I never miss a chance to see a show uh, every chance Best I get. Best thing so, you've seen in the last year? Um, Hadestown is really good. Moulin Rouge is a pretty uh, explosive musical with a lot of extravaganza. Um, What's the uh, one with Leah Michelle in it? Funny girl is a knock knock you knock you out of your socks. She's old school. You know, Funny Girl was the musical that made Barbara Streisand a yep. star in the early 1960s. Leah Michelle from Glee has stepped into that role. A lot of drama there too, because Beanie Feldstein, a TV actress, was originally cast and originally played the role of Fanny Bryce. Didn't really work out. They brought in Leah Michelle and she saved the show. And it's a she she provides as good a performance on the stage as you, anything you'll ever see. So Mike Gallagher, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. It's Fun been to. such a joy Congrat to have you. And congratulations uh, we'll see you on the, the show city you, sometime, and we'll 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 keep, uh, we'll we'll toast the boys. You keep fighting the good fight. And great great work, Kevin. Keep it up. Great you seeing you. The great Mike Gallagher, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming right back. That Kevin show. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, to the new music spotlight, he's nominated for a Grammy and set to receive it this Sunday night. Here he is, Phil Wickham. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame? They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rebel now.
new this is our god phil wickham here on that kevin show our number two is straight ahead including one more selection from phil before we're done stay with us hey get the soundtrack search hashtag new music spotlight on spotify or apple music 